1: Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Proof ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See
0: official rules at Frito Hello, friends. Welcome
1: to Radio Free Mavericks. It is Sunday night, July 18th. I have spent the whole day packing. My wife is asleep, and I am not ready to go to bed, so I wanted to talk MAP stuff. Um, yeah, nothing really interesting has happened since, uh, you know, between Friday to now, but I left that last room with probably, I don't know, 10 people who hadn't been able to ask anything yet, and I just wanted to see if anybody wanted to talk shop for a little while. We got uh, about two weeks before free agency really um, kicks into high gear. Can't remember the exact date, probably should have that sort of thing up. But alas, here we are. Um, so far we've got one speaker request. Going to bring that person on for a minute in a minute. So uh, feel free to come up here and let's uh let's talk shop for a little while. Sam, long time no talk. How hey, you doing, buddy?
2: Man, it's been, it's been a while. Yeah. Yeah, and, and, and I was kind of surprised. i like, Sunday doing a pot, like a, a quick little um, you know, locker room. I'm like, wow. <laughs> Well, it's gotten
1: to the point to where I I, uh, I could play video games, but I think if I start playing video games, all of a sudden it'll be like two thirty in the morning, and I don't know if I want that to happen today. Yeah, while um,
2: we're so. doing that, man. That's right. That's right. So what's going on tonight? What are you thinking about? Um, I'm I'm been really thinking about KP, you know, for the past couple I mean, the days after the uh, press conference because. I've been thinking. That I I really don't think that they're gonna trade them. I I just don't see it as a thing. I really think they want him. Mark Cuban. I think where Mark Cuban and Rick Carlisle had like a, a huge disagreement or was it with KP's usage. Now mm. I think that I'm. I, now I think that Jason Kidd. I mean, they all talk about talent. How he's talented, seven for three. But like still, I mean, yeah, he, he's putting. I, I don't know, you know. But I really think that we should, from a, like an owner standpoint. I think we should just hold him until we can increase his value. But I think he has a full off season, man. Like he's got to use that to get better.
1: What he's got to do, and the Mavs have to stop posting pictures of him hugging that big ass exercise ball. That's the funniest (laughs) shit I've ever seen. Like, what, what exercise is this? I mean, you know, I don't know. It's just maybe because he's such a tall dude and it just looks weird. But I'm just like, like somebody in the Mavs Moneyball Slack asked if he was practicing how to hug. Which or it's like, and then someone else suggested he was strengthening his diaphragm so he could yell at Luca. I don't know. It was it. It really <laughs> yeah, got it, me it, though.
2: In games he looks all really quiet, so I get that joke. So. so no, I've been really. You know, I just think I think Jason Kidd wants to. I think I hope Jason Kidd can you know he's different I mean, I don't have high expectations for him. I just they better do something with Jason Kidd and Nico, Nico Harrison because Rick Carlisle was not. He was not a likable guy. You could tell. like, not sure. a lot of people wanted to be – Rondo hated him. There's a lot of players that hated Rick Carlisle, you know. But this you know, I don't know. I just really think that Jason Kidd, at least from a getting-player standpoint, you sure. can recruit better than – him and Nika Harrison can recruit better, better than Donnie Nelson and uh, uh Rick Carlisle. Well, I, I like your
1: I like your KP thoughts. I think they're logical. Um. I'm going to be – off-season health is very important. It's just his body type is so difficult to predict because it's, like, one bad step and he's a different player. No, I completely um, understand that, yeah. But it, it's, like, the challenge with KP, particularly on offense, is that him just being out there improves everything for the offense. And, yeah, yeah it, I can't remember who shared this, but there, I was talking about how um, – if, if he hits an early three, what happens to the off? Like, what the Mavs, if, if he hits a first quarter three, the every Mavs win something game, like... Every game,
2: every game, every game. Well, they game win, like,
1: the 70%, 70% of the games where he hits a first quarter three. Now, the sample's not very big, but he tends to, like, break things down uh, just because teams become very fearful for him. Now, and I think we talked about this on Friday, but I don't really care. Let's just talk about it some more. His usage rate went down from, let's see here, it was, like, April, May... Uh, March, April, May his usage rate declined with each week or I'm sorry with each month and he's probably personally not very happy about that and where the the challenge for him lies at least with the coaching staff is someone has to get him to understand that if they're winning ball games it really doesn't matter i yeah. understand he really wants his numbers winning. but he's getting paid like, he has 90 plus million dollars coming his direction. Someone just needs to tell him that he can have that suck it up, and suck up and
2: be a pro right. spacer.
1: I will. Someone could. If I was good at something and I didn't have to work very hard at it, if I could just be and someone paid me a ton of money, that's a fucking dream.
2: It sounds awesome. <laughs> that's the American dream, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. But uh, no.
1: I, I also think you, you have some good thoughts about, about you know, just kind of the, the differentiation in free agency. Like, the more yeah. we kind of hear about it, the more it, at least Rick was a problem. I'm not so much sure about Donnie. I I do yeah. kind of think. I do Donnie.
2: Go ahead. Donnie was pretty good. Like, I, it, okay, I don't think I was kind of surprised about. I was more surprised than Rick being, uh, you know, parting ways than Donnie. Mm-hmm. I was kind. Of, I was really surprised about that.
1: So Rick, it seems, and this is just reading everything and then kind of talking. Rick got. You know, Tim McMahon kind of talked at length about how Rick was would be sitting on a hot seat to start the next year. Just the pressure would be ramped up from the get go. He understood that, and there's there's something to be said for getting out while you're ahead. Um, And then you know his way out was kind of interesting. He it's at first it seemed like he was stabbing Jamal Mosley directly in the back, but he apparently was somewhat. You know, I don't yeah, know if I he helped it, him. Jamal Mosley
2: said he was really a good mentor to him.
1: And and, was and cool. apparently was very, you know, spoke with people in Orlando and, you know, was very congratulatory and sort of lauding and how well he connects with players. So, I don't know. Rick's a politician and a really smart guy. So, something something tells me he yeah. realized he, he overstepped with some of the things he did on the way out the door in Dallas. But, uh, you know, it, it, it is what it is at this point. I... He's – I'm kind of glad that he got out in front of it because I would I, – Rick is, is one of the top three tactical coaches in the NBA. Like, there's really not
2: much of yeah, an you know, argument he is. there. G- game plan-wise, it's just that – I mean, they, the front okay, – office. I know Rick Hall is not a likable guy, but the front office has got to help him and at least try to surround him. It's just sure, simple but, stuff. You know, it's just simple stuff like were Cuban being cheap and, and not wanting to – overpaid get pay jay crowder a little bit more money sure or (laughs) well
1: it was a year's thing but i I know i know i know what you mean because it's the these things all add up but i also think it's it's players not wanting to play for rick and therefore the bone like these things all tie in but i'm kind of glad that they got out in front of it because i would have lost my mind next year starting with you know people are already kind of bagging on Carlisle and I would have gotten understood why, but it's like, he's such a good in between the, you know, the uh, 94 feet, you know, coach to where it, it, the stuff that, that was going on in terms of practice and how he treated players and sort of, you know, just his general, like get off my lawn mentality. Like he was like, yeah. grandpa, I mean, he's basically <laughs> grandpa Simpson with a tactical sense and nobody wants to, you know, nobody wants to deal with that guy. But, uh, I, I, I think those are good points.
2: Yeah. And then, um, I really, I, I mean, I liked him when, he, when we fired him. I was, I mean, when we mutually parted ways, I was kind of like, wow, you know, sure. it, kind of, it shocks me. I was like, this, this guys are, because I I, 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 I thought he was a good coach, you know, and it was really sad to happen, you know. He gave us a first championship. We gotta appreciate him for that. Yep, yep. I'll look back on the time
1: fondly, but I also think it behooves him that that he was understanding that it was time to go. So, Sam, you yeah. got anything else? Because now I actually have a queue of people wanting to talk.
2: <laughs> uh, all I all I got one. All I got one last thing to say is about uh. I really I think that one quick take is that Luca doesn't need a really good coach because I think he could be the coach kind of like how LeBron. if you know, people that LeBron was the coach for the the Cavs for the time on Lue and stuff. Uh, you know LeBron controlling the whole team. I think Luka can like you know be be kind of the control. He could go – He does not need that good of a coach. He just needs better players and less of a less of a coach. I think, but more players are important. That's why I think maybe Jason, it's a plus for Jason Kidd.
1: Sure, sure. And he, you know, I, I really like the part in his intro press conference where he talked about, you know, looking back to how he approached things when he was in his early twenties, and that he can relate to Luca. I think is important. I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to it now. They already I, I calling finally, each other,
2: man. I like that. I already like how they're already ca- texting each other and stuff. in the interview, I like that. That's right. Well, thank guy. you, Tim, for coming up. I just miss being on here, man. It's been a while. All right.
1: You have a good one. We'll talk soon. Thank you. Too. Okay. Marco in the chat asks a good question. Kirk, why wasn't I – why weren't you at the press conference? Well, currently, I live in the state of Virginia. I'm moving to Dallas in two weeks. Still don't think I'd go. Um, I'm not trained as media. I did this kind of for fun and have sort of gotten into things as we as we get into it. I I would – I'd be asking like a really dumb question like I you know the 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 mic would come to me and I'd say Mark why are you so heavily involved and then I'd get you know uh, assassinated from somewhere up in uh, you know AAC it's it's just not my role I will let the the people who want to ask the questions go Um, you know some of the questions at the press conference were really you know some were really good some were really bad but the Mavs do a really good job of kind of limiting the space that media has to operate and i would buck against that and so i probably wouldn't be a good fit um so let me do talk about one thing i'm going to post a link in the chat um former mavs moneyball contributor and current ringer staff writer jonathan Sharks is undergoing chemo treatments for a scary form of sarcoma which is not something um it, it they don't really know exactly what it is and you know, for the last several weeks and months, he's been fighting it. Going back, probably I want to say it's July, well, so probably going back to March at some point. Um, you've read about his journey. It's pretty scary. Uh, in a couple of weeks, there's going to be a you know a, a fundraiser at where is it here? It is in the at the Pub McKinney at 204 West Virginia Street in McKinney, Texas. And a lot of people that listen to shows like this either can't go or from around the world and. I I just wanted to to let you know that I threw threw up this GoFundMe which I posted in the chat and I will post in the um uh podcast link too just to give people a chance to to donate to Chark's um you know friend of the site and Dallasbasketball.com CEO Mike Fisher gave $1000 to it today because He's a good dude and really likes Sharks. There's just been a lot. You know, we've had over 430 people donate as of this moment. We're just shy. I think now we're just over $20,000. It's it's really, it's been kind of shocking in a really wonderful way to see the internet kind of come together for somebody like Sharks, who's an unbelievably good writer and basketball thinker. Just kind of an outside-the-box guy. Didn't really think it would come to this in terms of us uh, raising this much money for people, but I wanted to give people a chance to do that if they were interested, and now I will uh, come back to bringing people on stage. We have DJ coming up next, and if anybody else wants to, you know, send a request to join, we can do that, and we will talk soon. So, all right, DJ, how you doing?
3: Yo, Kirk, what's up, my man? How you doing? 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 How's the move? Moving is terrible. I see I, yeah trust me i'm I got like two more months, and I'm not packing nothing, but uh yeah, so i'm 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 i don't know, I'm in this flux where I find different k p trades every week where I'm like, oh, we should trade k p for this guy or this guy, but I'm also in the same mind frame that like I don't think the best thing to do is move him, I'm more less worried about his offense. I know that's what he cares about more, which is a little bit delusional on his part, unless you're going to figure out his handle situation. I hate that little pull-up he does mid-range. It, it's terrible. It gets on my nerves a lot. But <laughs> um, I, just think, I just think his main problem right now is, like, I don't want him played off the floor defensively. Like, mm-hmm. I like Maxie. I think Maxie's great, but I'd rather have KP – as that guy protecting the rim weak side. And I think that's his main problem is he's been so terrible. Like they're attacking him and he's picking rolls, and they're just looking for him and they're hunting him. And I know that's like, you know, that's most big men nowadays, but he's been pretty bad. Like well, at least last year he was pretty bad when he was first here it was kind of okay. But yeah, this, this last year was kind of, I don't know. I'm just kind of worried. That's where my main concern is with KP is defensively and less offensively. I just think we need some more wings to yes. Oh
1: gosh, him. yes. Yeah. yeah. That that those two things really work in tandem and he took the blunt of this mainly. Yes. I mean I, I, yes. I gave him the most shit for this.
3: <laughs> yeah. Because no, because I just, he's, no, I watch your tweets. Yeah. <laughs> well, he's such a cerebral
1: player and you know he watches film because he's he's too particular like He's too prideful of a guy to not watch his own issues. Um, And what, you know, Matt Phillips in the chat, maybe Matt can come up here and talk about this at some point, uh, is that KP, even if his mobility is limited, there are things that he can do to protect himself from those limitations and not getting, like, he, he kept, there were lots of instances in February and March well, yeah. he was getting beat in ways where it was clear that he didn't understand that he couldn't do those things, nah. you know?
3: Yeah, that's that's the that's the biggest problem. I mean, I watched your tweets all year, so, yeah, I watched every game when he would get beat by, like, random dudes like Harrison Barnes or somebody ridiculous, and it's, it's, it's frustrating sometimes. But I think if he steps up defensively, I think we'll have less of a worry. I just think... Yeah, it's really the wing depth. I mean, we never really had none. I know Josh Green. uh, I don't know if something has to either he has to turn out or we have to, you know, sign somebody. But like, I'm not really sure free agent wise because I'm not. I'm not big on this Kawhi thing. I think that's you know this is the same fool's gold we fell for for the last ten years. I'm not doing it again. Like I want, I want something reliable that's not crazy big. Like I want a Monte Ellis type move or. Uh, almost Andre Godala type move. I don't know who that is in this free agency class, but that's kind of where, like, we need to make our money. Like, I hate Mike Conley. I just seen somebody say Mike Conley. I despise Mike Conley. And, Ooh, and he gets explain. Tell me. I want to um, hear it. I think, I think Mike pl- gets played off the floor more than people think uh, defensively. Okay. And, and with Luca, we can't have too many play you off the floor guys. And obviously with KP, Um I think Mike Conley's solid though. Like I'm not gonna say he's like terrible, but I just don't think he's what you need next to Luca as far as this terribly defensive backcourt. It's just it's just not gonna work. Like,
1: you man, know? man my, my man Xavier is in the chat pimping Spencer Dimwitty. Where it's just if, if it, <laughs> it, it, I like I I appreciate like Xavier's commitment to the bit to where I, I really want to know what's going to happen if xavier signs elsewhere uh because about, like speaking of xavier or not xavier spencer Dinwiddie's tweets are so weird Yeah, he, he might have yeah. to be a maverick just because of the weird tweeting
3: i i it'll bring some life to this team for sure but yeah nah <laughs> i fucking i'm i'm i was big on spencer he got he tore his acl and i'm like oh okay well you know people come back from that but now i'm kind of like yeah i don't know bro. It's yeah. kind of like I I'm I I've, I've been doing his shooting numbers lately and they were a lot worse than I fucking thought. Like I thought he was at least decent. Not to say he's terrible, but you know, I don't know. It looked it looked look nasty. Sure, it looked nasty. Sure. Well, okay, I'm with awesome. you
1: on I'm with you on all the KP stuff. It's so interesting. Like when I'm not when I'm not in the season, when there's not a game every, you know, 24 hours, I'm a little more sane about him. Yeah. Because I, I've gone back through and I've read his talks, posts about the offense and about all this stuff. And a lot of it comes back to, I don't think Porzingis is misused. I know Sam was up here talking about this. I, yeah. 80%, 80% of Porzingis' buckets are assisted. He's not a guy who can go get his own basket. Anybody who thinks that he can is just kind of factually incorrect about all this stuff. But I'm really looking forward to, to seeing what a different group of people can do with him um or mm-hmm. if he's willing you know i I, like I i want to know what the exercise ball squeezing leads to like it, it he really did look good coming into the bubble last year oh. and so it's just i don't I know, know think there, KP something bubble to all this. K- like he was Ooh, dominant that
3: cut out on you for a minute uh yeah i was saying like i don't think uh bubble KP's far off like him more at the 5 less with maxi and just being the primary roller gives mm-hmm. him that confidence he really wants. And we didn't do that much towards the end of the year this year. I don't really understand why. I mean, I know Maxi, we love Maxi, but I also just think like, you know, that's that's where we should have leaned to more was him at the five, him being the primary roller, and just making because that forces Luca to also look at him too in a way, you know. Mm-hmm. Where I think Luca sometimes, not to say. He doesn't want to look for him, but he also kind of, there's like a, they definitely have a weird trust chemistry thing that that's weird about them. So I can see where Luka is like, I, I got this because I really don't know what the fuck you're going to do with the ball and it irritates me. And yeah. So when you force him in those pick and rolls, though, it's better. He just got to set a better screens sometimes, too.
1: So I can't remember the young woman's name, but I loved watching the, uh, the, the young woman who just won the, the Scripps national spelling bee, who also happens to be like a world record holding juggler and dribbler yes. and one of the nation's top like basketball recruits for her age group. And I remember seeing all these like videos of her doing dribbling moves. And the first thing that came to my mind was, and Chris Porzingis can't even dribble with his right hand. And it was just <sighs> I, I I just want something simple for him because it's like he's actually I'm convinced like it, it's he's he's so we sometimes we don't even get to see all of his skill set because he's just like well I need to do the style move stuff like do, have you mm-hmm. there was kind of a ridiculous conversation online for the past I don't know four, 24 to 48 hours about Giannis and Tintacumpo's sort of lack of bag as if yeah. that matters <laughs> if he's gonna win a fucking championship and. Porzingis is like on the opposite end of that. Nah, just-
4: I,
3: you know, I think somebody said like we should really be calling Giannis the unicorn because he can literally do anything. I, I forgot. It was some tweet a while ago. And I was like, yeah, like if anything, Giannis is a unicorn. I know he just doesn't shoot well, but like <laughs> everything else is the what you need unicorn wise because KP cannot dribble for shit and it, it irritates the hell out of me. I mean, you see,
1: and I don't understand, like, like just because, you know, it's Sunday and night. And he tries you know, that two-dribble pull-up in all the
3: fucking time. And I'm like, <laughs> like, bro, it's, like, it's cool, you, you know? We don't all have to be Kyrie, you know? We all got to know our game. Like, it's okay to just jump and dunk. Like, and like I, when that's that why do- I love Johnny. When Porzingis jumps and dunks, it's kind of
1: like, oh, my God, when he does it. Because he just yes. doesn't do it that much. Yeah. And, and, and I don't it, – it, I've just sort of been thinking about that because – it's just if someone could convince him that style doesn't matter for a for a thing if you get to the finals i mean just like if the suns lose and it's it's looking kind of likely going losing three straight is really tough which yeah. i don't think anything less of this suns team they're awesome let's they're just young get, awesome. you know mm-hmm. let's just get to the finals and then we can worry about some of this stuff it's it's so i don't know i've i've really kind of enjoyed watching these playoffs because you can see um, where the Mavericks still need to go, but yeah. also just – you could also see, like, if Luka just had a bit more help, a bit more help, what would he be doing, you know?
3: Honestly, I just really wish we didn't have to run into the damn Clippers every fucking year, you know? I think oh. that might be a little the bit of help that we needed. Like, come on, let me get Denver on, on a bum uh, with no Murray and a bum rest of their backcourt. I think Luca takes them for forty in a sweep too, but you know, it's a uh, it's it's hard, you know. I, but we still need more to win to the, get to the mm-hmm. peak uh, like they're doing. But I, it, I mean, I know I know we don't have any draft picks left, but that's where I'm, I'm frustrated with. I oh, last thing, um, we need to start thinking about getting rid of like not to say getting rid of Jalen Brunson, but like you know, how do you maximize value? That. Yeah, man. You got to tease these guys. Like, I love Maxi. I love Dorian, and I've watched Dorian become this solid player that in my, when he was first here, I thought he was a bum, and now look at him. But yep. um, it's amazing, but we got we to gotta dangle these guys out there to get something of decency in return, because they're cool, but they're obviously role players, and somebody might take a chance on Jalen. I know he's older, but Somebody might look at these guys. I see people talk about Maxi all the time, but I don't know if this is just like fan talk or like teams like Maxi. I'm sure teams like him because he does play solid defense and hits his threes. But you know, we need to leverage that. That's all my, like, all I'm saying. Yeah, get some, get I'm, some wings.
1: I think that that that's probably the secret subplot to the off season is to what happens with these guys who we have all sort of just accepted no as one like Mavs fans forever. You know, mm-hmm. I, I'm really looking forward to that because I think somebody gets moved. I really do. There's no way that they just let a couple of people walk away like they let Hardaway walk and then sign somebody with money. Like uh, there's going to be something that happens. There's just too much on too much at stake this off season. you know?
3: Yeah, I agree, man. But we'll see. Well, off season ready to go. <laughs> well, thank you for hanging out on a Sunday. I
1: appreciate you. Anytime, my man. All right. Have a good night. All right, coming up next, we have GD, who I didn't get to on Friday. Thanks for
5: waiting. How are you? Hey, Kirk. How's it going? It's good. So I'm watching these finals, and uh, first of all, I'm really enjoying it. Uh, I know that it's not big markets, so uh, theoretically some people, not as many people are watching it. But it's been really fun. Probably the most interesting finals that I've seen since 2016. Mm. All that being said is uh, I'm watching the finals and, you know, there's a lot of superstars. There's Giannis and CP3 and Booker, but these role players really stand out to me too. And the Mavs have a few decent role players, um, but I don't know. I'm I'm looking at the free agent class and I was wondering if there's anyone that's not, you know, probably going to maybe compete to make an all-star team. That really entices you as a role player. And I also have something to say about Mike Conley, um, but I'll I'll wait for you to answer. First. No, go go with go with your Mike Conley thoughts
1: because honestly, I look up free agents and I think we talk about the people at the top way too much, and and I I've yet to really kind of delve into some of the the
5: lesser names. So go ahead. Well, someone earlier I forget who it was was saying that he's not sold on Mike Conley, and mm-hmm. is the first person that I've heard say that in a while um and i and i i agree i just haven't voiced that opinion because it seems like everyone really likes him. but i was Mm -hmm. listening to y'all's uh 2019 free agency pod where you guys kind (laughs) of went crazy on the Mavs, and most of it was warranted but i was kind of laughing because uh the the straw that broke the camel's back was uh pat dev and uh you know in retrospect uh he hasn't been that great. And I think that Conley is probably going to end up being the Pat of this free agency class uh, where he gets paid 11, 12 million a year and is like, okay against some teams, but just doesn't live up to how much he's getting paid. Um, I don't know. I'm, I've never been sold on Mike Conley, even in his Memphis days. I felt like a lot of his stats were really empty. So uh, that's where I'm at on Mike Conley.
1: <laughs> Ooh, I like that.
5: Okay, so to get to your question about like
1: free agents, so I really think they need a ball handler more than they need a big, but they really need both. So it's kind of it's kind of preferential when you're going back and forth about this. Um, Josh Bow has long held that Will Barton just like screams Dallas Mavericks, and and he's going to be. I think he's he's. He's, there's something from Woj over him about the week and how he has interest in coming back to Denver. Um, I'm really – that kind of strikes me as posturing as as far as guards go. I, I think dudes like – like if Tony and, – and I'm looking at spot track, so this just could be incorrect, but like there's a couple of, of guard-ish guys that I think that are lower on the frame that give me at least a little bit of, of interest. Yeah. Um, let me see, here. Tony Snell, which that guy has played. His basketball career has been weird. He has like these hilarious memes GIFs where it's like Tony Snell's, you know, thirty-one minutes, zero actual stats, like stuff like that going on. Um, <laughs> you know, Patty Mills is older. He's going to be thirty-four. He's small, but I'm wondering if he's if he's somebody that that could do something because it's like I really think we we need to stop worrying about timeline. Just kind of like go for talent. Um The, the honest, honest to goodness, the guy who I think is probably like really good fit wise, but would just cause an absolute meltdown is Derek Rose. Um, and I'm sure he returns to New York anyways, like, uh, Alex, Alex Burks kind of hangs out in the background there. I think he, you know, he had a nice season with the Knicks. I mean, even Frank and Frank Nilekina, um, is, is he's probably, he's a restricted free agent, I think, but there's no way the net Knicks are like actually going to match with him. His career is too weird. Um, But you start like, but you know, and I I see in the chat, someone said no Franks, but it's like, guys, this is what we're talking about. Like you get into the depth of free agency and you have to start saying, okay, is a um, Wayne Ellington, somebody that'd be worth a damn, probably not because he's 33. Alex Caruso, everyone in the Mavericks land seems to hate him, but he was a legitimate like top 20 perimeter defender. Um, There's just like kind of options when you get down into the weeds between guards and forwards that I'm, I'm going to be very interested to see who is interested in the Mavs. I mean, that's where like kind of been our problem in the last several years is the people who are attached to the Mavericks are really only attached to the Mavericks for leverage. And then we end up getting stuck with guys that are, you know, just not it. I mean, Xavier just talks about Austin rivers for the room exemption. That would be fascinating to me because you know he seems to have really found his place in the league um you know campaign is 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 an, you know he's an early bird right unrestricted free agent i mean the mavericks could have had him he was on their summer league team the last time i went to summer league but you know i don't know there's lots of options there forward um is kind of a different spot and i know i'm a little bit rambling but it's sunday night what are we going to do my favorite uh, post of the Ma- in in the long time at Mavs moneyball is we let our guy luke askew um wrote a article which we left both the picture and the headline and if somebody could post it to the chat i would appreciate it he wrote kelly olnick could drastically change the mavs ceiling for 2022 and the pictures that he used is like kelly looking like like somebody going to a concert in a uh like houston jersey like he doesn't look like a basketball player at all and just got roasted in the comments it was uh it's outstanding but Kelly Olynyk is the kind of like forwardy guy that would fit with Dallas. I, I, there's there's just a lot of different options, and I think that we kind of when we talk about these things, we're a little too married to um, some of the top names.
5: Yeah, I definitely agree. I just I please I, I they have got to stop throwing money at big men. I'm so tired of it. Like, I mean, how much money do we have wrapped up in Dwight Powell and Kelly A lot. Like thirty five, forty million. And the Mavs front office likes to tout how, how smart they are and how they, how they worship analytics and all that. Did the analytics tell you that paying, you know, incompetent defensive big men forty million a year is a good idea? I don't know. I'm tired of it. Just go and get a guard that can take the ball out of Luca's hands so that Luca doesn't have to, you know, literally do everything and literally yes, literally everything. Um, I just, that's fine with me. And I know what I just said about Mike Conley, but you know, someone besides Mike Conley. Sure, sure. <laughs> um, yeah, that's what I'm looking for. As far as, like, the big names go, I think uh, I see a lot of the concerns with Kawhi and his injury and stuff, but, like, for me, it's Kawhi fucking Leonard. Like, just throw all the money at him. Like, I don't care. If if it doesn't work out, then, you know, it was Kawhi Leonard uh, on on the Mavs. So, that's that's a pipe dream anyway. I'd love to see him throw money at John Collins. I'd love to see him throw money at Lonzo. But, yeah, I've been trying to look into these, these role players. And maybe there's a trade that can work out. I know the Spurs are shopping DeJounte Murray right now. And I don't know if they have the ammunition to go anywhere near that. But I would. Oh, I would love DeJounte Murray on my Mavericks. Um, just stuff like that. Um, sure. Yeah. I'll let someone else talk now because I'm rambling, too.
1: No, you're doing great. Thanks for coming up. Appreciate you. Yeah, it was fun. All right. Jason. How you doing, Jason? been a while.
6: Yeah, it's been a while. But I guess the first thing is that I keep seeing people talk about Collins and Lonzo and all these restricted free agents and the way I see it is that we're past the point where we can just try to gamble on, okay, maybe we get this guy. But like, just the way free agency goes these days, all these deals are made on day one. Like I just don't think you can wait for a three-day period. And maybe you get Collins if you overpay him by like $20 million. But at that point, you have a kind of yucky contract, and you kind of torpedo the rest of your plans if it doesn't work. Like, I think you just need certainty at this point. Oh, did not go through, or am I going through what's happening here?
1: Oh, I was muted. My bad. You need to know the walkaway price for all of those free agents. Um, that That is kind of very important for, for what's happening in, in, in restricted free agency. Uh, I don't remember the specific details of Chandler Parsons, but the way that that was structured was relatively quick, and they figured it out in a hurry with um, DeLon Wright. Uh, that ended up like he was a restricted free agent, and they the Mavericks essentially worked out, you know, a trade more like I I, I was I think like a sign and trade if I if I'm yeah not two seconds, I
7: believe yeah yeah
1: so it's like those sorts of things um those sorts of things are are pretty you know are pretty interesting and they they need to move in a hurry I, I heard you know Brian Windhorse talked about this with Malcolm Brogdon going from the Bucks to the Pacers um you know I want to say it was the Bucks owner basically called up the Pacers owner and they worked out sort of a trade once it was clear that that Brogdon was going to be leaving um and you know that's that's the sort of front office intel you have to have. You can't just be paying and and not knowing what the walkaway
6: price is. Otherwise, that team holds your money
1: hostage, and you could get cooked.
6: Basically, the only time I think this has like ever worked has been Bogdanovich over the past year, and that was because the Kings are morons. But like, well, Bogdanovich's
1: agent screwed that up. Bogd- uh, that what like that's the second time he's he's leaked something early that that ended up getting essentially reverted oh, yeah. by the Kings. Oh yeah. that as well. You
8: yeah, okay yeah. yeah, I remember. I, that.
1: Okay, I don't think he's. I, ba- I doubt he's Bogdanovich's agent anymore. Like you screw something up like that twice, and you're toast. And and just think of that. If he was on the Bucks right now, they would be like <laughs> this. Would have no this way. would have been a four game sweep.
6: Yep, definitely. And I guess. So I guess the other thing I want to talk about after RFAs, which I just, I mean, that's just why like we just are not in that situation at all where we can take that chance, is that Mm -hmm. I'm looking at these teams that are, I'm just thinking to next year. You have the Clippers. I mean, I don't know what Kawhi is going to be, but the Bucks, like the Lakers, even the Nets, like all these teams, they've gone so deep in with all these draft picks, 2026, 2027, 2028. They're just so all in at the moment that, I'm starting to think, like, I think right after the end of the season, I was like, oh, let's get a veteran point guard. to do the next two to three years. Let's maximize Luke as soon as possible. And now maybe I'm thinking, okay, maybe we don't have to take a step back, but I don't want to say this, but plan powder. Like, oh, like I, I hate saying this out loud, but don't make a big move that constrains cap space into 2022. I, I From what Ooh. I looked at, I think there's actually ways to actually get into the 2022 market if you don't constrain too much, sign one year deals or one plus one with the team option for the second year and just say, okay, let's try to write this out another couple, like one more year and then the 2022 free agency class, like I hate saying this but it's, it's not that bad actually and yes, of course like, like I mean we've gotten burnt all this time but if you're bringing in Kit and you're bringing in Harrison like isn't the whole point trying to do something in free agency? So at this point I'm like, you have to Played your strengths. And if you think your strengths now are player relationships, it's like, are you really going to spend free agency money on blue average contracts and guys that might not be the best fit? So, I don't know. Maybe I'm just crazy. And I'm delusional. No, no. a dumbass. But I mean, we've gotten burnt like this before.
1: Well, Zach in the chat notes something that I've, I've been talking about more, but I'm kind of reluctant to say it a ton because I don't want to be dead wrong here. But I feel that the Mavericks are very uncreative with their accounting structure. It seems like a very much like their cap space is like they either have it or they don't, they don't seem to understand how to trade out of contracts or do more with it. I mean that Mark Stein reported three, four days ago that Josh Richardson is expected to opt in and in the past. So the Donnie Nelson, Mark Cuban era, you know, the Mark Cuban era is omnipresent here because he owns the team, but You know, before this, you know, going back to 2011 and the start of that new CBA, the Mavericks have shown very little cap creativity, which was just not a hallmark of the 2000s. And the 2000s, you can, you know, probably like the list of trades that they did. I mean, hell, they were involved in a four-team trade for Sean Marion. I mean, that was a wild time. I oh mean, I, granted it's like 14 years ago, but like, it was still some of the same parties involved. And so the, that sort of, you know, it's like weird whenever I saw like Brad Townsend talking about how the Mavs cap guy has a job for life. And I'm like, well, why? Like, what does he show? Like, what am I missing? Um, so I, I don't know. Like there's, you know, I don't know enough about cap stuff. I, 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 I need, you know, uh, we have a couple of guys, Mavs Moneyball staff that really kind of delve into this. Um, and, and, there's a there's a small chance I may get to you know where I will learn more about this, but I just can't ever seem to remember the way it goes. <laughs> so I don't know we're 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 in for a fun off season.
6: <laughs> so yeah, and like just talking about like the lack of flexibility, like this team, you would think like they have so many decently sized role player contracts guys like, even like Richardson, he's like one year, 13 million, that's tradable. But guys like Dorian, Maxi, like even JB, it's like, these are guys that you can move on and you can try to find some facsimile in the free agent market mm-hmm. and kind of sell high and you know, be a little bit creative. And like, yes, creating a culture is important. Having guys that everyone wants to be around and I, I do think they have a good culture around Dallas, but at some point, I do think you have to say, some of these guys, you kind of have to shake it up a little bit, so... A little bit more of that creativity, not just add one or two guys. And just bring the king down again. Just well,
1: the audio is either crapping out in your end or mine. I'm not sure. But you got anything else before we get on out of here? <laughs> Matt, okay. thanks for joining after uh, my audio snafu. So yeah. I, I, I didn't hear. It. I, I probably brought you up, and then it wasn't able to work. So how you doing?
7: I'm good, and I can still hear you. But when you tried to bring me up, it didn't work. Like I couldn't talk.
1: Okay, yeah. So it, it was the uh, it was the app doing things. So, um, and then oh, Jason thinks it was his bad internet. Oh well, that's the internet. Uh, that's the way these things go.
7: It's the internet punishing. It's the internet punishing him for his faith in Josh Richardson. That's Woo! what it is. So what do you got? Uh, so, I, so I got a couple things. One, the deal with KP is that the Mavs are so talent deficient that we can't get value for him right now. I know, uh, I think it's Ben wrote the piece about the realistic KP trades, but whatever you think about KP, he is the second most talented player on the team. And we are so talent deficient right now. If we trade him and don't get value for him, that just contributes to what we already have is a huge Uh, somebody earlier mentioned the role players in the finals. Me? Yes. I don't think the Bucks role players are particularly good. They just happen to have three actual stars. That mm-hmm. I mean, because, like, I mentioned this in the Slack yesterday. P.J. Tucker is garbage. Like, he's <laughs> absolutely garbage. Like, he wouldn't, and they just keep playing him. Well, they have to. I mean, like uh ryan rusillo i think mentioned this on the bill simmons podcast the other day is like that he thinks he's good and that everybody else thinks he's good so that that might actually have some value but i mean like i feel so much like listening to people talk about his defense the same way i felt listening to mass fans talk about Kawhi about uh, maxi's defense on Kawhi, where they're like oh yeah he's in there to hound devin booker as devin booker is just putting up 40 after 40 i'm just like uh he he's getting torched, guys. Until they until he got in foul trouble and they put Drew on on Devin Booker. Devin Booker got absolutely everything he wanted,
1: but they did that on purpose. And so there's there's stuff we're going to be seeing about that in the next couple of days. I've been talking to some different writers. So with Drew guarding KP, it's taking seconds off the shot clock, and they have come. So so I don't know if you saw this, but Devin Booker's usage rate yesterday was forty two and a half percent. I mean, he's approaching Luca. in 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 ranges of usage and that's what the that's arguably what the bucks want they're basically saying you as a singular person cannot beat us and they have two back-to-back games
7: oh oh i absolutely agree And, and drew's playing fantastic defense like his offense just comes and goes to the point that some games he looks like a star like an absolute star and some games he looks like a rich man's version of josh richardson and i just I, I don't understand how those are the same like i can't wrap my head around those being the same person but like just what i'm saying with that is just it's, it's not that it's not an effective strategy it's just that I, I don't think their strategy is hey you know we're gonna put we're, we want devin booker to score so let him score like meaning like they still want pj tucker to try to play defense on him and he just gets toasted because he's not actually good um yeah like like i said their thing is is that chris Middleton is a legitimate star in the nba um yes he he is not as good as john hollinger apparently thinks he is because he is not the best comparison for cape cunningham but he is (laughs) (laughs) yeah that was bad yeah but but i know what you mean but he is legitimately a very good and deserving all-star in the nba and yes. Drew Holiday is legitimately an all-star in the NBA who is also an all-defensive player. But that that's where their strength is. Their strength, they're very top-heavy. Um, and then w- one other thing, like, uh, I believe it was GD mentioned that he didn't want Mike Conley. Mike Conley might or might not work if we get him. But he's not Patrick Beverly. They have absolutely – and I get that that's not straight up the point he was trying to make. Sure, and, right, and, right, right, and I get this because this happens to me sometimes where I try to make points and then it – it kind of snowballs. Um but uh Patrick Beverly cannot dribble. Like he he is absolutely if he has to dribble in the half court, your team has had a bad offensive possession. Mike Conley is not what he once was, but Mike Conley can still run a pick and roll. Right. He can still run a pick and roll. He can shoot like he would be the best guard that we have had with Lucas since Lucas been here. I mean, that's not Well, it seems like he is
1: out of like the thing that makes the the Mike Conley thing so interesting is that like his wife has been posting stuff like, you know, nothing like mean about Utah, but just definitely being like, we're done here. See ya. Like he's a he's an earnest free agent.
7: I, I mean, there's some stuff that I don't really know if this is necessarily the place to, to really get into it, but they are people of color and that's not really the best place to live for, for sure. uh, sure. I no, mean, we saw stuff there, we there saw are,
1: stuff in the, in the playoffs about that.
7: Like just not a, I have, so yeah, yeah, no, I have, I have one friend who was actually an NBA player. Like I grew up with him and he has told me some things that are, that are not good about playing there. Um, and so it's just, it, it. I think that's what their issue is. I think I really don't think it matters what they offer him. On the Kawhi front, since everybody's talked about him as a free agent, and since I wrote a piece about him, it's not like I don't think the Clippers can let him leave now. Like, I don't think it matters. I think he is going to hold the Clippers hostage. He is going to sign a one, he's going to opt out, sign a one and one with the Clippers, and then make them give him the five year max without ever playing a game between now and then. Mm-hmm. Like, I, mm-hmm. I just. Like, that's based on his MO, that is the thing that makes the most sense for him to do. And honestly, I, I don't know if blame him like, I don't even necessarily blame him for it. I just, that's what makes the most sense for him. And so that's why I'm out on him, is I just, I don't think it's realistically a possibility now. Um, on the John Collins front, I really want John Collins, assuming we can get off of KP. Right, which I, mean, I just like, don't. Yeah. Like, I think we could get off of him without getting talent back, which I said it's important for us to do earlier, and so this is going to sound a little contradictory to that, but if we can get Collins, I'm fine with just getting off of KP just to get off of him, yeah. because if you run an offense, like, if we put Collins in the KP role, and just spam screen and rolls with Luca, like, one, he would then roll. Like, that guy has fantastic hands. He has the best hands in the NBA. Like, I feel, I mean... I shouldn't say that because I haven't watched enough of literally every single player, but I feel confident in saying that he has absolutely elite hands. And after yeah. watching Willie colley Stein just bumble <laughs> pass after pass after pass, <laughs> like it is, it would be a revelation for Maz fans if we watch him. And he is that kind of elite vertical athlete too. So like it just he would be. I legitimately think he would average twenty seven points a game if you gave him if you put him in KP's role here. Yeah, Like I I think he would put up and that's the thing with him is I think that even if we weren't good for a year or two of doing that, I think we'd be a lot of fun. And then I think you could deal him for a better player. Like after for a player that fits better, like after he puts up 27 and 10 for two years, he'll be worth a lot. Sure. I don't know. I'm, I'm open. Like, like
1: my heart is open to many things. As I told a friend of the show, um, I think it was Isaac Harris, who I said this to, where I was like, I need new people to be irrationally angry with, if, if that makes sense. Um, I just want different guys. Uh, that The fact that the roster's been the same for two full years, basically, where you trade out Josh Richardson for Seth and then DeLon Wright to a degree, like, everybody else has been the
7: same. <laughs> and it's and just, it's, it's, it's a little much. It's that, and so much of it is that, it's so much of the issues, and I know we've brought this up ad nauseum, but so much of the issues that we have where we're upset with guys isn't even that we're necessarily upset with the guys. We're upset with them being in the role they're in. Like, mm-hmm. Maxi Kleba is fantastic as a 20-minute-a-game backup big man. He is not not as a our big-wing secret weapon that's going to shut down Kawhi and not as a 30-minute-a-game starter. As a twenty-minute a game backup big that can shoot and defend the rim and and switch a little bit, like just offer a lot of different skills, he is extremely valuable. As a thirty-minute a game big slash big wing defender slash everything that we think he that we apparently think he is, he's overtaxed, and that's what mm-hmm. his his issue is. That's what Dorian's issue is. Is we just need to slide them down, and uh, yeah. with and with the Collins thing, Maxi and Collins would fit together. Fantastic because then, like, Collins would use up the possessions that. Because one of Maxie's biggest issues is he doesn't shoot a lot, even, which is why his shooting doesn't matter as much as some of his bigger fans think it does. Because if you only take, you know, say you take, I don't know exactly what he takes, but I think he takes three shots, uh, three threes per. Uh, per game, or something like that, or four. The when you only take that many, you're forty or thirty five percent. It's not that big of a difference. It's like, it's like a third of a point a game. Like it's it's just it's not that big of a difference. And so, but his spacing does work in the sense that he more or less keeps people out of the paint. And so you would just I, I really think Collins would would just feast. And whenever we run that free agent profile, that gets mentioned. So That's I need much
1: to that that's a good reminder that I need to schedule a post for tomorrow. I was I was just so brain dead, and I was like, I, I this has been much more productive. Um, I know you didn't talk about any of all this, but uh, Mike Schmidt just tweeted a photo of the guy that I wanted for Dallas, like two, I don't know, like eighteen-ish months ago, like right after we got Luca, um, I, I Usman Garuba, who who who's a Spanish basketball player, is he's just. A defensive terror and I saw him slotted to go to the Lakers, which few few things would upset me more because like like they would just use him perfectly because <laughs> he's yeah. such a good defender and it's like ah oh. see one thing. Come about, on.
7: I actually the other thing that I worked on today I that I, I actually considered putting him in there but one I don't really I wouldn't have said so good. He's he, going to he's, he's going to be drafted like top 15, I'm just convinced. Like he, he
1: he's a single skill guy, but if he goes to the right team in the short run, that's all he needs to do.
7: But see, the thing that concerns me with that and this is something that I tried to point out last year uh, in comments uh, cuz I was just a commenter then, but uh, is you can't you can't defend from the bench and maybe this will be a change with mm. with Rick there with Rick no longer there, but that's one thing. Like Michael Kid Giltr Gilchrist, even when he was zero, is an absolutely elite defender. Like even at this point in time right now, that guy can defend wings at a really, really high level. But he is just so bad on offense that he can't play. And so that I mean and uh I don't want to butcher his name, but the gentleman that you're talking about, I I have concerns that he will be able to play NBA offense. Uh, and so that, that was always my concern and that's one of the things that I've pointed out before is just that like I would see people just be like oh we're going to get this guy this wing defender this wing defender this wing defender and I'm like yeah that, that sounds good in theory but you can't defend from the bench and Carl, yeah, yeah. not which and we don't know we don't know what kid's going to do because he's different but that is one of the things that I would point out when people are really fall in love with the guys who are just wing defenders and don't do anything else is just be a little careful in understanding that they have to at least be able to do something at an NBA level offensively or they can't play
1: yeah no I mean that that's very true that's very true I mean garuba and we're just you know we're at the point in the podcast where we're talking about like all sorts of random stuff is like there's no such thing as a draymond green starter kit like draymond green is a one-of-one basketball player and I know people have very varied opinions of him but that would be kind of the, the 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 slot for him, where you're playing him with in, in, in in an elite offense where he doesn't have to do anything because he's actually a very good passer. Um, probably not probably not Draymond level because Draymond is an is an unreal passer, but just like the defense and the ball moving and that sort of stuff. But anyhow, now we're kind of
7: off the deep end. So, yeah. um, uh, since you brought him up, the last thing I'll say before I leave is Draymond is the greatest player ever that plays with an invisible backpack on at all times.
1: God, watching that guy shoot hurts. I mean, I, my, my, I, I've been trying to teach my five-year-old how to shoot, which I don't know how to shoot. So let me tell you, that's a little difficult and it, it just watching Draymond and sort of like the crouch shit that he does, where it's like, how is this a thing you play with two of the best shooters in the multiverse and they can't get you to, to do that sort of thing. Ugh. Kills me. still funny though. I can't believe he shot. Like what, what did he shoot in the year? Uh, the, the, the the first final.
7: He was thirty seven percent one year, and he was five. He was. I know he was five of five at one point. I think he. I mean, it was a volume thirty seven percent too. Yeah, but then in that one game seven, it was actually the year after he had shot well. But the game he had like thirty five or whatever in game seven that they lost, but it absolutely was not because of him. He was sure. he made five threes in that game. Like it's just, and I mean I'm I'm basing this purely on memory, so I'm not looking at a stat sheet, so that could be wrong. But I feel pretty confident that that part's right. And it's just yeah. what what that guy has that that separates him from some other people is that guy's compete level is just absolutely off the charts. Like there are fake competitors that run their mouth and do everything and do all that. And it's all a show that guy. I mean, I don't know him. I've never met him in person. So don't think that I'm pretending like I have or anything. But that's a guy that you can go to war with like that. That kind of analogy is overused a lot. But like that guy wants to play and he competes. And, and that's really his thing. Okay. Well, thank you for
1: hanging out. Appreciate you joining me in the second room uh, for whatever technical snafus I happen. We're going to blame Jason for murdering my internet. But um, thanks, Matt. We'll talk soon. Okay. Bad signal on Richardson Island. <laughs> All right. Bye. All right. We're going to go through a couple more people, and then I got to go to bed. DJ, what's happening?
9: Hey, what's up, Kirk? Long time no talk, man. Yeah, how you doing? Pretty good. Um, so I just. I had a few thoughts about, uh, like, the whole KP thing and um, the roster going forward and um, sure. free agency this summer. Um, so, like, I've just been going back and forth thinking, you know, they, they're they going to move him or he's, he's staying. And ultimately, I think he's going to stay put just because, like, his value is just too low right now. And, like, what are you realistically going to get for him at this point?
8: Man,
1: I did the real cool thing where I muted myself and then gave you uh instructions if you could talk a little closer to the mic. The audience is having a little hard time hearing you. I I know exactly what you mean. I mean, this is I I feel differently about it depending on what I've seen that day. Like when I saw KP hugging the exercise balls like can we trade him to the moon and but you know, and then the, the At the same time, it's just, you know, when it works, it really works. And I've seen there's just enough of that with KP. I mean, he he plays 60% of games after six seasons of basketball. That's where he's going to play. So next year, if he's a Maverick, we can expect him to play what is 60% of 82, like 56 to 58 games kind of range. So I don't know.
9: It's weird. Yeah, but the the positive thing is like like Jason Kidd said, like he's going into a healthy offseason and he's gonna have a full you know few months of training and getting his body right and getting getting ready for the season. Because like you said, he is a cerebral player like player and he does you know he cares, but it's just you know his body is just like it's a mystery. Like one one bad thing and he's out for 20 games or something.
1: Sure. No, I mean, that's the the longer you hold on to him, it's a bit of a time bomb, like him getting hurt or him missing time. It is not a question of if it is a question of when for players of his size. And I think Jared Dubin of five thirty eight shared like something in in the middle of the season about this. Like dudes over seven foot one. by the time they pass their fifth season, they generally play maybe at best fit 60% of their games. Well, KP has only played 60% of their games like before his like totality, you know, uh, going back to the start of his career. So it just, it's, it goes both ways because it's like, I kind of think that's why the Mavericks had him in bubble wrap um, for, for the last part of the season. And then, the the clippers were just a terrible matchup for him i mean he he i think right. he doesn't want to admit it but that was kind of the deal and if they had played any other team i think we would have seen a different kp because there's no point in rolling with him on the on the clippers because they just switched everybody onto him it was there was anything they ran that was why shoving him in the corner was the best option
9: right and he he had no other choice because the clippers are just so loaded on defense and they just they switch everything and what is he's just going to be left on an island? Like that doesn't work.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, I I I understand. So, well, what else you got for us? Anything?
9: And then the um the whole like building the roster and like seeing what this team needs, like just say like like the point that Matt brought up, like just move guys like Dorian and Maxie one spot down. And you have a healthy KP, and of course Luca, and then you, I don't know, say get rid of Willie Cauley Stein for a Nernless Noel, and or get rid of a Trey Burke, and you know maybe this guy in particular would make more money than this, or more than three million or whatever. But like, what if you swap him out for TJ McConnell or something? Like, just add some talent like here and there, and then like maybe add. You know, if you lose Tim Hardaway or um, if you do eventually trade KP and, like, get a John Collins or uh, to replace Tim Hardaway, you get a guy like um, either Buddy Heald or just, I don't know, like just something a little different and just add a little more talent across, like, the roster. Move those uh, – move guys like Dorian and Maxie down and just maybe – and. Get a whole different matchup in the playoffs, other than the Clippers, maybe, <laughs> maybe.
1: No. Second round. Yeah, yeah. No, second round. Second round has got to be the has got to be the goal next year. Second round or bust is is kind of where I'm standing. So, I, I I do think that that's probably what the Mavericks will do. I I just have a hard time figuring out what the what might be. I mean, it's just we just don't we don't have anything to base this off of. I don't think like, like one of my takes that I've, I've mentioned, but I haven't said in a couple of weeks is like, I don't think KP and kid will, will, will vibe. Um, kid is particularly hard on, on certain kinds of players. And I just, I don't know if he and kid will get along, but you know, we heard what we heard in the press conference
9: and we will, uh, we will see. Yeah. And that's, that's pretty much all I got. All right. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate you. You have a good night, all right? I appreciate it, Kirk. Hmm?
1: Okay, guys, last per... No, actually, I like all three of my guests, so I'm going to stay up, and we're going to bring everybody on. Akiva, what's happening, my man? Hey. Kirk. Yep,
10: can hear you well. How are you? Oh, great. I'm good. How are you?
1: Just having a night here. It's late. I should go to bed, but I'm not
10: going Okay, that's that's good. It's good to hear. Uh, Kirk, listen. Uh, you know, uh, I, I, when I spoke to you about Carlisle the last time, I, I said that um, we'll see if Luca has the balls to fire him this year, and you hated that take. But I think if you look back at what happened, it's pretty obvious that uh, the major reason that Carlisle left was because he knew that his time with Luca was not going to last. Sure. Luca should. Luca showed him up all the time. He didn't respect him as a coach, for good reason, I may say. And uh, that's why he left. Um, as for Jason Kidd, uh, the hire, you know, uh, we still have that uh, at the top, Mr. Cuban, who has very bad judgment uh, history, this judgment decisions on, on personnel. So I'm very apprehensive about it you know he 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 proved his lack of judgment in big things like uh not re-signing uh Steve Nash like uh, uh when Donnie was pounding the table to draft Giannis who was really an unknown at the time he he wouldn't do it because he wanted to sign Howard in the offseason supposedly so oh, yeah that's a,
1: that's very true
10: so the man has no no talent for picking and and running a basketball team and picking personnel, and even the way he hired—he brought in Harrison, the Nike guy, and the coach at the same time, Jason Kidd—makes you believe that, yeah, probably he ran the uh, Jason Kidd uh, uh, pick by Harrison, and Harrison, uh, you know, not being not having any track record as a general manager, said, yeah, that's fine, I, I get along with him but yeah. uh, but but the but, the, but the, the way that most normal people owners would, would do this and do this all the time is they pick a good general manager who then on his own, you know, maybe with the final sign off by the owner, but he, he picks he takes his time and he picks his coach, and this is this was done as a package deal. I think I'm I'm apprehensive. I'm not as sure as I was about Carlisle stinking up as a coach. I'm not sure about Jason Kidd. I think maybe, maybe he has also proven both with Milwaukee and Brooklyn that he's not a good coach. Uh, and just because he was a hall of fame point guard doesn't mean he he can, he can coach, uh, the basketball team, uh, well, and, uh, be good for Luca. Uh, but I, I'm going to reserve judgment for now. I, I don't know. Maybe he'll. Maybe it'll work. Maybe he'll be become a good defensive coach. Really, this is what Luca needs right now. Luca <sighs> needs a coach who can who can coach defense.
1: And well, I'm I, I'm not sure if if Kid is going to be it in 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 the first run and and the time with the Bucks they had. Um, in the time with the Bucks, they had the first year under Kid. They had they a very good like blitzing defense, and then in the second part, second year they the league basically figured it out and ran it off the court. Um, Could you mute yourself, sir? We're catching some audio feedback. Oh,
10: uh, hold on. Uh, That's hold all on. right.
1: No problem. Uh, see, mute myself. Uh, <laughs> Thank you. No worries. Um, I will say that that I think you're the talk about Cuban is something I want people to remember. We can't really do anything about Cuban, but Cuban remains the challenge to to get through things. So let's compare two very interesting, you know, but relatable situations: the Dallas Mavericks and the Portland Trailblazers. With what's going on in Portland, you've seen Neil O'Shea, the GM. He's all you see, GM and Chauncey Billups. You don't see. Uh, the sister of Paul Allen, Jody Allen, because uh, because she owns the team now. She is never in the picture when it comes to dealing with even a lot of this Nick stuff. You don't see uh, a Pat Pat, uh, or I'm sorry, you don't see James Dolan. You don't see Tillman Fertitta. Mark Cuban is the only owner, other than maybe Steve Ballmer, who is this forward facing. But even Steve Ballmer lets his people work and eventually I think the fan base, if, if, you know, you, you said something about how Rick Carlisle or how, how, uh, uh Luca was showing up Rick Carlisle. There's a lot of, of, of Luca. There's a lot of whispers and stuff that you hear about Luca yelling at Cuban and, and, and the whole kit and caboodle, just like the very strange. So, you know, the, the circumstances, uh, Tim Cato story in the athletic where he led with, uh, you know, Luca yelling at her vulgaris. Well, it, it, you know, this sort of thing was, was kind of rampant throughout the organization. And depending on how much, you know, how, however present Cuban is, I think is really going to, to it's just going to matter. I mean, you know, if I'm a young man, I don't want to hear from the 60 something guy who is not a basketball mind. I mean, at least Mar at least, you know, you know Rick Carl has like decades of basketball to fall back on. You know, it, it's it's very something, but anyways, what else
9: do you, I,
10: I, I, yeah, I just think he's not capable, Kubel is not capable, to step away, you saw that in the press conference, somebody asked him, well, are you going to let, uh, Nico Harrison make the calls, and he, and he went into this whole thing, oh, but I signed the checks, I pay millions of dollars, uh, blah, 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 you know, the guy's just incompetent, uh, and, and, uh, I think they, they, what they should have maybe done, and maybe that's what this is leading to, if kid fails, is they should look to see how the Slovenian coach does with Luka. Seems to be a good coach. I saw him in the timeout in the game against uh, the final game that they won for, to qualify against, what's his name, Sabonis and Lithuania. I saw him say something at the timeout to Luka. He said to Luka, Luka, stop talking to the refs. I don't want to hear anything good or bad. Regarding, regarding good or bad calls, stop talking to the refs. And and Luca and listened to him, and he listened to him. So and whether it's I don't know if Kokoskov, his coach, that took him to the European Championship, would you know was good at Phoenix or not. But the the thing to do the next time is to get a coach that Luca could respect, that he Luca has won with, uh, and uh, and go with that. Give it a ch- give it a shot. What do you got to lose? You you've gone without a championship for 11 years with all with the, with this with these great NBA. Uh, coaches, homegrown, you know, give that a shot. You know what I mean? Sure, sure. Well, in terms of talking about head
1: coaches that he's – or coaches he's familiar with, um, the Mavericks are likely, uh, per Mark Stein, to add Igor uh, – I don't want to butcher his name, but I think it's Koskarov. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good good signing. That's a good signing, I I think, to bring a little balance. I agree. And maybe maybe he's going to be coaching waiting. Who knows? Maybe that's what's – I think that's a very, I think that's a good thought. Well, thank you.
10: All right. Good enough. Thank you. Thanks a lot, mm-hmm. Kirk. Have a good night. You too.
1: All right. All right. We've got two of my favorite people coming up next. Kenny,
11: I don't think we've. Hey, hey how you doing? I'm good. Nothing much. I- I- I'll i make this quick. Why? I'm definitely, in the my- I'm definitely, <laughs> I know you gotta go to bed. Me too. I'm definitely probably in the minority here, but I am 100% out on Kristaps Porzingis, 100%. And I'll quickly tell you why. You can't keep a player, let alone give him the max, who in the playoffs is on the court literally pouting through my television or while I'm at the game. I can see it on the bench, on the court, because he's not getting the ball. We know your role was diminished on purpose, because so the blueprint on defending him is is out there. All you gotta do is put a wing on him. They don't even have to be good. Just put a wing on him. He can't dribble the ball around the wing. He gets it stolen. He can't post up a center. He can't even post up Reggie Jackson. So what can he do besides stand on the three point line? Maxi can do that for ten million dollars.
1: also him thirty. He can also hug
11: exercise balls and give me great social. Exactly, I'm, I'm I'm lifting uh my PS5 controller in my hand, like kind of like a curl, and yeah. I'm gonna tell my watch to take a picture. Like I'm back. They doubted me. Come on, bro, stop. I me. love it. Like it, it's 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 just insane. Like people say we gave up a lot to get him. Yeah, we did, but it doesn't matter. The Mavs have to learn to cut their losses, right? If I'm in a two year relationship with the, my girlfriend and she just absolutely I hate her, it's not gonna work. Do I wait? until I find something better. No, I get, I dump her. I enjoy single life. And then I find someone better. you got, you you got to get rid of him. He's pouting on the court because he, he can't get a shot. I understand. You're frustrated. You're sitting in the corner. I understand. You think you're a star. I get it. But you can't compound that by refusing to play defense, refusing to move. All you gotta do is put your hands up. You, you, you get him backdoored. Keep, I'm, I'm, I was asked, the backdoor shit drives me nuts. That's awful. Like that's it's unacceptable. <laughs> unacceptable. Like you're letting a six-one guard, Reggie Jackson, bully you in the paint. Like it's un it's un he's just uninterested. If that's the regular season, if it's game thirty, I don't care. But it's the playoffs. You've never yeah. been to the playoffs in your life before you came here. You should be stoked if if you're my star. And I said, "Hey, I need you to stand in the corner on offense and just give, play your ass off on defense. I need that from you. I'm doing it. I don't care what the what the team needs. I'm doing it. Just, just like Maxie. I kill Maxie a lot, but it's not Maxie's fault. He's in a role. He has no business being in. He was they also add, like, he, I mean, th- that dude looked exhausted
1: by the end of the year. They played him into the ground.
11: Exactly. And that and, and that goes against. He's he's." He's for the team. Maxie knows he shouldn't be playing 35 minutes a game, guarding Kawhi and Paul George. So does Dorian. But they do it. They don't complain. I kill them a lot, but it's not their fault. It's the roster management. They, they're playing 30 minutes a game against the most against two of the greatest scorers we've seen in 20 years. And they're not complaining. They don't go on the other end and pout. They play their butts off every single day. And Porzingis doesn't do it. Not at $30 million. I'm sorry. First of all, you don't even play half the games, okay? Okay. And, and and you're just useless. Like, all the, no matter who we play in the playoff year, all they're going to do is put a 6-5 wing on him, and he can't score. Sure. He can't score. He can't sure. score. He's killing. And people say, well, what Presidents on the court, Luka Doncic is, is, has – his numbers are better. Of course, whoever's on the court with him, the numbers are better. It's Luka Doncic. Who I mean, it, it, it is mar- – like, the offense
1: stuff I'm fine with. Because, like, him just standing there seems to make defenses shit a brick. Uh, it, 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 the Clippers kind of a side, like him just standing there at the top of the key really, really does panic defense Like the numbers are stark in terms of like Lucas rim, like getting to the rim with KP there. But that's also, you know, and I saw you kind of talking about the chat and, and chat about this, like that's the same argument for John Collins. Like you put somebody who can hit a three pointer up top,
11: anyone. it freaks defenses out. Yes. Anyone in, in the and la- a guy, uh, two, two or three speakers go. He said um, Maxi doesn't shoot enough, which is true. But I mm-hmm. I thought about this like last week, and Maxi shoots four threes a game, and John Collins only shoots three. It's really weird. I was freaked out. I was so ridded out. Yeah, because it's com- it, you would think it's the complete opposite. Because I know Maxi is just so afraid of the ball. It's just it's just my if Maxi it just shoots a couple more times, he probably beat the Clippers. Like you gotta shoot the ball. You out there shoot I, the ball. I want to say he made like two.
1: Like somebody has the numbers on this, but it's like him. He only he made a bunch of threes in the first two games, then he made Mm -hmm. like three the rest of the way. It was bad.
11: Yeah, I think one of the first quarters in the first game, he had like fourteen points, and then probably Mm -hmm. scored like three points the rest of the way. But I don't blame Maxi. It's not his. It's not his job. His job is to defend when open shoot. Maxi should be a twenty minute seven eighth man, and they got him starting guarding Kawhi Leonard. And I heard someone say, "Oh, they did pretty good." Well. He did pretty goddamn good. Kawhi averaged forty. Okay, it's not good, but he tried, <laughs> and he's hurt. He tried. He had COVID. All that. He tried, but I'm I'm a very pessimistic Mavs fan. Mass fan because I'm 35. I've been a Mavs fan since we've seen league. some shit. We've seen this. So the younger, all the younger fans. I understand. Y'all hate my guts on Twitter. I understand. No, but y'all they, weren't seen what I seen. they weren't
1: there. They weren't there. I tell people They're, this all there. the time. I still remember the spot in my house I was standing when the Mavericks were up in LA. It was like 2000 or nine, maybe 2001. They're up in LA against the Shaq Kobe Lakers by like 30 points going into the fourth quarter, and they lost the fucking game. I remember and that. It, it's the kind of like the Mavericks have had the kind of losses with good teams that it, it's it's like it's like just getting stabbed through the heart. Where they had a bunch of good teams, like they should have won. They should have won the title in two thousand three, and they just they they didn't. And they should have won the title in two thousand six, and they didn't. And then we had to deal with with Charles Barkley talking shit about Dirk when he was getting scammed by that chick as he was hanging up like thirty and fourteen games on the Nuggets, but they couldn't win. Like we've just seen enough to be pissed,
11: and people I've, don't understand that. I've I've seen it. I've seen it all, and and but. Now I feel like we got a clean slate. I know Cuban's still here, and he's kind of we won't talk about him. But <laughs> Nico changes everything. Changes everything. I don't. I don't care about Jason Kidd at all. I don't even want to talk about him anymore. But Nico changes everything. We finally got somebody that people, that players will actually like, can relate to. I mean, Donnie Nelson should have been gone ten years ago. One thing I also thought of, and I'll I'll, I'll be done. You yeah, remember it's... in two thousand and ten when they were saying Dirk would should leave and go elsewhere, yep. and then we signed him to the four year eighty million dollar deal. Yes. the same, and then you won a title the same year. The same thing is happening to Giannis exactly Man. ten years later. That's insane.
1: That is that's a great callback. Good. I just ball.
11: thought about that just now.
1: And and it's like the faith being rewarded, like the just sticking it through. Because I really I think they win the next time. I don't know if the game's tomorrow night. I can't I don't even know what date it is. but I I really think they win because they just. It looks like the the it's gonna be a great. I hope the series goes to seven, just because I like watching these guys play. But this is been it, it, it's the exact same deal. It it's just you know confidence and sticking through it, and guys that are built a little bit different. And and I'm I'm really I'm hopeful
11: for Giannis. Yeah, me too. And uh, uh, I said one more. I got one more. and Then I'm done. The Mavs the the roster is awful. Cuban came into my mentions a couple months ago and said the team is really good. I said, yeah, you're lying. The team sucks. Mm. You just have my personal – I've been watching basketball for 30 years. Luka Doncic is the best player in basketball. He just has the least amount of help. He has no no help whatsoever. Porzingis is not help. He misses 60 40% of the games. He's not help. But look at every single team that played in the second round or better. They all have – Luka the best player out of all those teams, and then the second, third, fourth, fifth best players are all on other teams. And then you got Porzingis, and then you got THJ. We, we just don't have any talent. To yeah. compete, and the fact that we can compete with the Clippers, who have championship aspirations two years in a row, Luka Doncic is 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 is, is I, I don't have any more words to ex- to express how good this guy is driving oh, yeah. this awful roster to even compete to, to, even to the playoffs in the Western Conference. It's the most amazing thing I've ever seen. It's kind of like Dirk back in the day, but Dirk when Dirk was younger, he had some good teams, but. Like I never get him some real help. And I think that's what Nico is here for. And I definitely think kid is here for that. I definitely think Nico wanted Jason kid and their package deal. And I think they're going to get us some players. Yeah, I really do. Not, not not just a superstar, but like the mid tier guy, like a, like a Bobby Portis, Bobby Portis will come here and start day one. That guy is amazing.
1: Said a lot that, that, that I'm thinking about here and I don't, you know, maybe because it's midnight, I should probably quit quit it out. But I, 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 I'm the Mavericks just have, there, there's a lot they can do. And, oh, I know what I wanted to say. So, you know, we've been watching like Devin Booker in the finals, and he's been putting up numbers, and he's just an incredible basketball player. Well, we watched Patrick Beverly put that guy in prison <laughs> for a yeah. number of games. It's just the rest of the team bailed him out. Luca played Patrick Beverly into another Off the dimension. Floor. He was so bad. So it's like, what the hell happens if Luca gets to play these guys? That's all. I just keep thinking about that. Cause you know, like the, the dirty little secret is Luca is a 21 year old man with a lot of money and a big house. And his girlfriend lives overseas. We can all tell when that guy has had a good, good time the night before, you know, (laughs) you can, you can see it. Okay. And, Then we got seven straight games of him not doing any of that because he was taking basketball seriously. And he looked. This is why you're talking about him being the best player in the NBA, because he looked like an unstoppable force. It's a Michael Jordan esque. It's insane. It's it's really scary. It's really (laughs) scary. And he just, you know, and he makes people so mad. And it's really, it's just a lot of fun to root for. So it's, you know, I, 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 I. this has been great Kenny. But, Tate, while you're up here, you got a bunch of people in the chat being like, "All right, we're having a great time listening to Kenny. Where can they hear your occasional podcast?"
11: Uh, my podcast is called uh No Name Mass No Name Mass Pod cuz I couldn't think of a name because I suck at everything. I <laughs> do like locker rooms. I haven't done one in probably like a month. Oh, I'll be so busy. I some, I forget that I have one. Someone has to tell sure. me like, "Oh, hey, make a pod." I'll, oh, okay, let's do it tomorrow. And Try um it. Yeah, Kenny817 on Twitter, Kenny underscore 817. A lot of y'all probably already follow me or have me blocked one of the two. I love you both, regardless of whichever one it is, but I'll sign out with this. Just get me players that can create their own shot, not stand around and have to watch Luka. That's all sure. I need. Well, thanks for coming up, Kenny. Out. Yeah, thanks, y'all. Right. Good night, y'all. Ooh. Go wait
1: All right. Last but not least, the man, Xavier, who's been waiting forever. How are we doing? Kirk, can you
4: hear me? I can now. How are we doing? Ah, I'm triggered, Kirk. <laughs> all of that. I'm extremely triggered. I just heard this man say he wants to get rid of K people for nothing, but he called Bobby Porter's amazing. I'm in a twilight zone. Kenny uh, likes I'm dudes who from- plays
1: hard. Kenny loves guys who play hard. And, like, wh- when you watch Porzingis, I think we would all agree that there are times when he does not give effort.
4: I mean sure. Look, I, I look, I'm not even the biggest KP defender. KP's an asshole. We all know that, right? So I'm not caping for KP the basketball player. I'm caping for the idea of what KP should be in theory in a vacuum. But guys, like the I'm so triggered. It's like we want we want people to quote unquote help Luca, but we keep yearning for players that are gonna rely on Luca. To get buckets. Like what we... The reason... Look, at this point, it is a bit of a bit. But the reason why I clamber for Dinwoody is because he can get a bucket. He doesn't need Luca to get a bucket. He can create his own shot. All these people that these folks want to pay... Need Luca to create shots for them. Like, we've mm-hmm. already seen what that looks like. Luca's going to wear out by the fourth quarter. His legs are going to sure. be so you know, because he has a. Me and Luca have the same beer belly, and so we're not in the best conditions of our lives, and so we're going to wear down eventually. That's what happens. So go get me somebody that can go get themselves a bucket. John Collins is not that. Lonzo Ball is not that. Lord knows Bobby Portis ain't that. Everybody well, okay, has- okay. So So toss me some guys. So I was I was
1: just reading through lists earlier. Toss me some guys that are beyond your your kind of wish list that you think are more attainable dudes that that you know, understanding that that, you know, guys that are kind of mid to lower range that could be, you know, not your bottom of the barrel, which is sure. what we got last year. But sure. you know, you know I'm, what I'm talking about?
4: Yeah, I mean the, the the pickings are slim, so I will admit that. You know what I'm saying? There, there isn't a lot of guys that can go get a bucket because if they were, they'd be getting a lot more money than the mid-level or you know, ten million dollars. But even like a like a Patty Mills, somebody like that, just somebody who can dribble the basketball and run a pick and roll efficiently. You know what I'm saying? And someone that can allow Luca to kind of exploit defenses or scare defenses off the ball because Luca may not move a lot off the ball, but defenses, oh, everyone is looking at Luca at the corner of their eye. You can't afford to just ignore where Luka is um so you know as he gets better that you know that'll improve but we just need bucket getters man that's what we need we don't look and the thing about cons right remember Dwight Powell before he suffered his Achilles injury Dwight Powell looked amazing he was a rim runner he was shooting the occasional three he was balling out we were all were in love with Dwight Powell and yet we all agreed that that player was overpaid at 10 million dollars a year but yet we want to go give thirty million dollars to the same type of player in John Collins because that's what John Collins is—he's a slightly better Dwight Powell pre Achilles injury. That's not worth the max, you know what I'm saying? So that's all I'm saying is like we just look—we just got to be smart, man. You know what I'm saying? Because if we can not smart though. I know, but <laughs> <laughs> look, Kirk, I get it. Look, I, I'm look—I'm a die-hard fan. And I get it. I just want to see my team get better. But we got to be smart. You know what I'm saying? And we got to just take a step back. Look, it took a nuclear performance from Kawhi for us to lose that first round series against the Clippers. Right? We can all admit that. If Kawhi doesn't go nuclear, we probably win. So if we had and yet everyone here is clamoring, we need second round, second round, second round. Had we made it to the second round and then got our ass whooped by the Jazz, would we be saying the things that we're saying now? And so at that point, are you willing to cash in whatever chips you might have just for an extra victory to get into the second round and then yes if that's- yes
1: because I think perception matters a ton oh. I think narrative matters a ton i think so so you, you watch a little bit about what was happening it, it, with the stuff that in in terms of Carlisle and Luca like I sort of think that they might have still been in the same situation uh just because there was a lot of I mean, the fact that this much dirty laundry got out this quickly about the Mavericks, we have never heard this stuff since we've had internet. That's how quiet the Mavs normally are, and we were just hearing all sorts of shit. I mean, it was a gossip fest, and to the point to where I think that there's still a lot more to come. Like, that's why I think Rick really overcorrected with a lot of his, like, praise of Jamal Mosley and things like that, so it's... I don't know. The narrative just ends up mattering, because... You know, like, it used to piss me off that we hear Kendrick Perkins talking about, oh, nobody wants to play for Rick. I've heard. I've heard. And you know what? That big, dumb idiot was right. But, but,
4: (laughs) winning cures, but you know this, winning cures all, man. Like, I don't know if you, I don't know if you saw, like, the guy that wrote a book about, like, behind the scenes on the Brooklyn Nets. You want to talk about a Mm. shit show? The Brooklyn Nets are a disaster, and that can implode at any time. But because they got injured and because they had a built-in excuse for the losing, everything's – they're still, you know, considered favorites. But that situation in Brooklyn is nasty. There's a lot of teams that behind the scenes are complete dumpster fires. But so when you lose a tough series to the Clippers, yes. Do I think this that the stuff is legitimate? Of course. I just don't think that's unique to the Mavericks. All I'm saying is that I'm trying to – again, we got Luka Doncic in his prime, man. Like, yeah. He is a – Championship caliber player. I don't want to cap Luca at a second round exit every year. with are doing him a disservice. We need to build a sustainable contender. That's all I'm saying. I want to get better. I just don't want to get slightly better and then be satisfied with that. Because trust me, if we lose in the second round for a couple of years, the same people in this chat are going to be like, we effed up. What what were we doing? What were we thinking? We should we should be thinking bigger, and that's what I'm saying. Kirk, dream bigger. Think how do you build a championship contender, and it's not by maxing out John Collins. That's not how that's gonna happen.
0: Well, I mean, we've
1: talked <laughs> about this, and we we've talked about this in previous in previous episodes. Where if they're not going to take a small step forward, I think then back. they
4: then they need to take a step back. I'm but look. I'm in agreement with you, yeah. and that's why the, the idea of Kawhi. Yes, he he's not going to play next year. But the reason that was attractive to me is like, look, I'm perfectly comfortable tanking next year. Telling Luca, hey, look, man, you you got a oh, bad yeah. string, and we just don't want to take any chances with it. So you just sit out, take as long. We're going to be extra cautious with it, and let's lose games. Let's get a nice lottery pick. Let's add some talent. Let's bring back Kawhi, whoever the player that is and let's reload and let's really try to compete oh i would (laughs) you know (laughs) if
1: so i was in las vegas at a house with drunk people whenever uh signed and with the lakers and so like i I still remember everyone just talking all sorts not with lakers the clippers everybody talking to all the lakers fans of the house and if 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 something wild like that happens my conspiracy theory hat will just be like Luca will exact. It's something like that where he'll have a ha- a back or a hamstring or something, and he'll just go away. I'm just I I cannot I cannot think of it. it it's just it's 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 making me laugh because if if something like that were to happen, it's like oh we're gonna get quiet. But he's not gonna play in twenty one, twenty uh, two. just just because that's likely. I mean, quite a degenerative knee, and then you know an ACL on top of that just be too much. But I I don't know. It's it's tough because I understand why everybody's really, really in on this, but this is, you know, this is where like the creativity and stuff, and at least they have a new front office for us to talk because I think that's where, where it's kind of the X factor. It's just like this whole new group of people in Cuban's ear talking to them about different new things, and maybe that'll be for the good. Um, you know, we'll we'll see. I, I it, it has to be, frankly, but because this is the last year that at least before Luke is making fifty, you know, forty five million a year before it gets really interesting, but. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm optimistic, but I'm not like I'm not doing doing the Dalton thing where I'm just like willing, you know, Michael Jordan's ghost to appear and sign in the Mavericks jersey. Because
4: look, and last thing I'll say, Kirk, and then I'll let you go to bed. Look at what happened to the 2019 Blazers. They made a Western Conference run. They thought they were something that they weren't. They cashed all their chips in at the wrong time, and now they're about to lose their superstar in the next year. Why? Yeah. Because they thought. That they were a piece away, and they went all in, and they gave up two first round picks to Robin Covington because that's that's what was going to take them over the edge. And look at them now. So you got to be careful. We we got to look out as fans. We got to look ourselves in the mirror and say, look, the Mavericks right now are not contenders. We're not a single play away. Yeah. The fact. We probably need multiple starters on this team. You know what I'm saying, and so that's all I'm saying. We just got to be patient and build this thing the right way. And remember that Luca's only 21. Jordan didn't win his first ring till what seven years in, and I, yeah. I hope it isn't that long. But we just got to be patient. That's all I'm saying. And Kenny, I can't wait to record with you. You know what I'm saying, and show you all the ways that you're wrong. I'm looking for. A-
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Everybody, everybody, been looking for for Kenny and for for uh, Xavier to be re- to be recording. Hopefully at some point this week, and they'll. You know, send it my way and I will I will absolutely pub it or at least send me the green room link and I will, I will throw that out there too. Oh, I,
4: it's going to be electric. It's going to be a lot of yelling. You know what I'm saying? But ultimately, I will arise from the <laughs> ash <glorious, and> <laughs> on Twitter. And I want everybody to know that. You know what I'm saying? I'm calling it now. But yeah, All right,
1: folks. This has been a lot of fun. Kirk Henderson, Xavier, and 35 other people who have joined the chat tonight. We've had a lot of fun here on. Uh, Radio Free Mavericks, appreciate you following through with the technical difficulties. Um, again, if you could consider donating even like five bucks to Jonathan Sharks, uh, there's a fundraiser going on a little later in July. Uh, I'm going to take a check and drop it off uh, right before, let's see here, it's 12.15 on, uh, we're, we're right, we're, we're north, of, we're closing on $22,000, which is uh, like a real holy shit moment. Um. Because I had a set a goal of a thousand, um. So yeah, all right, been a lot of fun. It's been Kirk Henderson, Radio Free Mavericks for uh, Mavs Moneyball podcast, and we will talk to you in a couple of days.
8: Today's episode is brought to you by Cars dot com.